Hello, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Our Pack Politics Podcast. On this episode, guys, we're going to be taking a look at federal immigration enforcement. Uh, I'm not sure uh, just how aware you are of what's been happening out in Florida, but they recently passed legislation that ultimately prohibited sanctuary cities across the entire state. Uh, It basically says that, you know what, we've got to have state entities, local governmental entities, and law enforcement agencies across the state. They've got to absolutely use their best efforts to support the enforcement of federal immigration law. So the question we're going to pose tonight through this episode is if more legislation should be proposed and passed just like this across the country. So go ahead, sit back, prepare for a very, very awesome episode. Uh, And uh, yeah, we've got some stuff to talk about. Let's jump right in. So once again, thank you so much for tuning into our podcast episode tonight, whenever you happen to be listening to this, because, you know, it's being released tonight, but you may be listening to this in the future. Whenever you were listening to this, thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Brittany McDowell. I wear several hats in the organization, but uh, tonight I am your host for this podcast episode. Our podcast is brought to you by our organization, our United Resource Pack. We are a tax-exempt political organization. And before we dive in, you know, I have to give the disclaimer, just in case you happen to be listening to us on a podcast platform that you either don't have a clue about, or you just flat out don't like, we do have other options for you to listen to us on multiple, multiple platforms. You can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, We're also on Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast. Uh, You'll also find us on uh, Pocket Cast. I don't know if I already said that one. Radio Public and Stitcher. And we've got some more coming down the line. But for now, you know, that's where you can find us. And rather than going to these sources and searching for us individually in the link below, you'll find um, in the description box for this episode, you'll find a link to go and individually find us on your podcast platform of choice. That said, let's dive right into our story for tonight. All right, so let's go ahead and jump right into the story, guys. So, uh, again, in Florida, we have a piece of legislation. This was uh, Florida Senate Bill 168, and it was recently passed, I want to say on the third attempt. But uh, if you're not familiar with this piece of legislation, uh, it's, it's essentially federal immigration enforcement saying, you know, that we have to... Uh, we have to comply with, you know, federal immigration. We've got to not just comply, but we've got to actively enforce what the federal government is demanding of us. So it prohibits just at large sanctuary city policies up and down the entire state of Florida. Uh, It requires, uh, as mentioned earlier, that state entities, the local governmental entities and law enforcement agencies They have to use their best efforts to support the enforcement of federal immigration law. So there's no more of that. Oh, well, we don't, you know, we don't want to comply with ICE, you know, holds or we don't, you know, we don't think we No, I'm sorry, you're you're not given that option anymore. So uh, it, it does that. And it also authorizes 
law enforcement agencies to transport uh, aliens unlawfully present in the United States, something that wasn't present before. And then it also prohibits, and this you know could be seen as very much a good thing for uh, the illegals, uh, it, it prohibits discrimination on specified grounds. So you got a mix of things that, you know, work to protect our sovereignty, protect the laws of the land, the laws of the state, uh, but then you've also got protections for illegal aliens in the legislation. Now, there's actually a politician by the name of Carlos Smith, and he had something to say about this legislation. Let's take a listen to, I was going to say take a look, but you can't exactly look. Let's take a listen to what Carlos had to say. Facts. Even though we know that human emotion is going to play a role in this, and it should, because we as humans, even as we're researching and understanding and processing the facts, we have to have empathy for other human beings. So here's the first fact. No human being is illegal. Here's another. The presence of undocumented immigrants does not make Florida less safe. It doesn't. Here's another fact. Undocumented immigrants are not a strain on our resources. Fact. Undocumented immigrants in Florida pay $1.7 billion in taxes annually. Fact. ICE detainer requests are not criminal convictions or proof of a crime. Fact. Senate Bill 168 implicates those who have not committed violent crimes. Fact, in 2018, ICE deported 35% more Venezuelans nationwide than they did in 2017. Fact, Senate Bill 168 puts Venezuelan refugees at higher risk of deportation back to the Maduro regime. Why? Because the Trump administration is making it harder and harder and harder for asylum seekers to have their applications processed. They are rejecting them at a higher rate. They are forcing asylum seekers to petition for asylum while they are still in their country of origin, which defeats the entire purpose of asylum seeking. Now, if you want to see the clip for yourself, um, it's actually a video clip. You can find the link to that clip in the description box of this podcast episode. So I want to go ahead and I want to respond to a few things he said. You know, he wanted to talk about facts. I am so game to talk facts, okay? So let's deal with the facts regarding emotion. Uh, you know, the part of emotion that doesn't get talked about in relation to this issue is the fact that people who are related to the issue in some way, or if they're related to or connected to in some way, illegal aliens, they look at this issue 
mainly looking to justify the actions of those that they're connected to, their loved ones. Maybe they have family who are illegal aliens. Maybe they have friends that are illegal aliens. Maybe they have members of their church congregation who are illegal aliens. Maybe they go to school with illegal aliens. Illegal aliens are in every facet of, of, of life. They are all around us, okay? Um, and that considered, we have to have an honest conversation Wrongly or rightly, I mean, quite frankly, it's just part of the, the human experience, right? That when someone you know, someone you care about is going through something, when they are deeply and personally impacted by something, you want to defend them. No matter if they are wrong or right, you want to offend them. And Carlos, you know, Representative Smith, you have to be honest about that. That is a fact. It is a fact that when my loved one is hurting, when my loved one does something that is even wrong, hey, I, I'm I'm quick to to, to 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 defend them. I'm quick to jump to their aid, not because what they did was right, not because I even agree with it, not because I think that they couldn't have done something differently or better, but simply because of the connection that we share. That's part of the human experience. That is a fact. Okay, let's talk about another fact regarding empathy. Y'all, you can have empathy for any person who does things in a manner that's not consistent with societal, moral, or even legal norms, okay? Somebody breaks the law, you can feel empathy towards that person. Somebody does something that is not necessarily illegal, but society looks at it and kind of frowns upon it. You can have empathy for that person. Somebody does something that's legal, that may be even socially acceptable, but may not necessarily be the most moral thing to do. You can still have empathy for that person. But here's the deal. Here's the fact regarding empathy. That doesn't mean that we use empathy as an excuse to excuse the behavior. How is this a fact? The fact is that you can't use empathy as a criminal defense in court. That's a fact. Here's another fact for you. Yeah, you know, you hear all the time, no human is illegal, as was stated in the clip that we just played, okay? But no one is saying that people are illegal, okay? What these people are doing when they say no one is illegal, they're playing semantics, they're playing linguistic Olympics with you, okay? We have to be very technical, very, very technical when we're having a conversation with the opposing, opposing side. If you've heard other episodes that I've done, we've talked about, you know, something uh, similar about being very technical, for instance, on the issue of uh, biological gender, you know? Uh, and you've got to do the same thing here with immigration, specifically illegal immigration, because see, I could have just got myself on a technical term. We're not talking about people's physical bodies being illegal. Just like when somebody uh, drives without a license, we're not saying that they're illegal because they're doing that. It's just the act of what they are doing is illegal. What they are doing is not in compliance. It's not, it's not in compliance with the laws rules, regulations, statutes of, you know, the whatever governmental agency or, or uh, governmental um, uh, body they tend to be dealing with in that moment. Maybe it's the federal government. Maybe it's the state government. Who knows? That's a fact. 
The fact is you're playing semantics with people when you say no human is illegal. Let's talk about another fact since we're talking about facts. The word undocumented. You know, the United States Department of Justice, we did a, I did a blog post on this uh, sometime last year. Uh, basically, it said that the, the Department of Justice is requiring that U.S. attorney offices stop referring to immigrants as undocumented. Okay? Un- undocumented fact is a term that the media and and immigrant advocates, and if we want to be factual, let's say illegal immigrant advocates, because these people aren't advocating for people to come here and use the system in a manner that's consistent with the rules and regulations of the land. Hello, are we going to talk about facts? But these illegal immigrant advocates, they've increasingly used the term undocumented to refer to people who were in this country illegally. Now, again, the Department of Justice is now not just wanting, but requiring governmental lawyers to use illegal aliens. And here's the deal. Here's the fact. Politicians know this. Like this Carlos Smith, this representative out in Florida, he knows this. And and, and the fact is, when politicians use this term, when they use the term undocumented, you immediately know that they are having an illegitimate conversation based on an illegitimate phrase. Now, you want to know another fact? Just on what I said, the next thing that would be coming out of their mouth is, she said uh, undocumented immigrants are illegitimate. That's not what I'm saying, and that's a fact. Now, let's continue this conversation about facts, shall we? So it was said that illegal aliens do not make uh, America, doesn't make communities less safe, okay? Now, I want to give you some, I'm going to read you some stuff straight from the mouths of Americans about their safety being impacted by illegal immigration. Now, these people did not wish to give their full names, uh, so I will give the initials that they gave that they want to be referred to as, okay? This person, it goes by D. And again, I'm reading exactly what they wrote. I live on the west side of town. Most of them cannot afford to live on this side, but it has gotten so bad they are moving in everywhere and they are not legal. Our city is having to ask for federal and state help with our gang problems because it has gotten too big to handle alone. And again, this is from D. So right there, D has a problem with gangs in their local community. Let's hear what L has to say about the impact of illegal immigration on their safety. And it says, my home was broken into numerous times by the gangs that took over my quiet neighborhood. My son was beaten up at school for no reason, except he has blonde hair and blue eyes. This is the school that was 55% white, 40% black, and 5% Hispanic when I graduated and we didn't fight. L. Now, uh, specifically from L, I, you know, I, I don't, I can't really say, you know, why they felt the need to talk about the racial breakdown, but maybe it's to say that, you know, I, you know, I don't even want to take a stab at that. I, I, that kind of puzzled me, but I wasn't going to redact that. That's what L wrote and that's what I put in there. Let's look at what C has to say about the impact of illegal immigration on their safety. So, and it reads, I worked in child support enforce- enforcement for the state of Washington. 
We had great trouble collecting child support from absent fathers who were illegal aliens. They used false social security numbers, so employers did not have a record or could not withhold garnish wages for child support. Also, many illegal aliens do not possess a social security number, or at least uh, that is what the mothers told us. There is no way to find fathers. Without that support, these mothers and children go on state welfare, which taxpayers foot the bill for. Now, there's a kind of a, a collection of things there. Uh, there, you're talking about the tax burden. But prior to that, you talk about the crime of using someone else's social security numbers. Hello, that's identity fraud. We'll look at one more. And this is from Kay Anderson. Kay Anderson tells us, and I quote, if current immigration laws had been enforced, my son would still be alive today. The fact that a legal American citizen can be killed on the job site by an illegal alien while the Washington State's Department of Labor and Industries looks the other way should outrage every mother in Washington State. And again, that's from Kay Anderson. So what I want to say to this, 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 this politician, and I'm almost using the term very loosely based on what he said, I want him to sit up there and tell these people that they are not less safe due to illegal aliens. Tell them they're not safe. Tell them, tell them, you know what, you're the safest you've ever been. You are so, matter, matter of fact, half the lies that they'll tell is you're more safe because they're, tell these, tell that lie to these people, please do it. Do it. Shall we talk about more facts? So it was said in the clip that was played that illegal immigrants, illegal aliens, that they're not a strain on resources. Uh, if you had listened to, um, uh, I can't even remember the exact name of the episode, but one of our previous episodes, I read a memorandum from the president of the United States, Bill Clinton, uh, that was done on February 7th, 1995, and it was for the heads of executive departments and agencies. And I want to read you a specific section of that memorandum. Again, we had talked in detail about several sections, including this section, but I just want to read it again in case you forgot so we can give a fact that illegal immigrants are indeed a strain on resources. So in the section titled Assistance to States, it reads, states today face significant costs for services provided to illegal immigrants as a result of failed policies of the past. Deterring illegal immigration is the best long-term solution to protect states from growing costs for illegal immigration. This is the first administration to address this primary responsibility squarely. We are targeting most of our federal dollars to those initiatives that address the root causes that lead to increased burden on states. The federal government provides states with billions of dollars to provide for health care, education, and other services and benefits for immigrants. This administration is proposing increase, increases for immigration and immigration-related spending of 25% in 1996 compared to 1993 levels. In addition, this administration is the first to obtain funding from the Congress to reimburse states for a share of the cost of incarcerated illegal aliens. 
This administration will continue to work with states to obtain more federal help from certain state costs that will oppose uh, inappropriate cost shifting to the states. And so uh, that's the end of that. I could go on and explain more, you know, about and about and from that memorandum. But I know that this was from 1995-1996. You have to consider that not only are we still dealing with the same issue, the issue has gotten worse. Okay? They're not just still asking for funding to help with the cost of illegal immigrants. They are asking for way more, and that number varies per state. I can guarantee you if we went to Senator Carlos or House Representative Carlos, Carlos Smith, I believe it is, and we said, yo, Carlos, we are going to have to completely cut out the funding that your state is getting to aid with the the assistance that Florida provides illegal aliens, I can guarantee you. He'd be like, wait, no, hold up, wait a minute, because our state cannot absorb the cost associated with caring for illegal aliens. That is a fact, okay? Let's talk about another fact, the fact of taxes. So it was said in the clip that was played, illegal aliens, they pay taxes. Okay, let's talk about some facts, Carlos, shall we? A 2016 study by the Nonpartisan Institute on Taxation and Economic Policy, it, it looked at undocumented immigrants, okay? And there's that word, undocumented immigrants, but you know, we need to be calling them illegal aliens. It looked at illegal aliens, and they determined, here's, this is a fact, I cannot deny the facts. Illegal aliens pay $11.64 billion in state and local taxes, okay? These numbers were from 2013. That was a fact. I cannot dispute that. You cannot dispute that. No politician can look at you and honestly say they paid zero dollars in taxes. No, no, no. They they paid in taxes. But let's talk about some more facts, shall we? Okay. Illegal aliens, what they do, their mere presence, they displace legal American employment. Okay. That's that that even talks about and speaks to the heart of why we even care about the issue of illegal immigration, why we spend so much time talking about it, why we look at legislation that is relevant to it, why we look to uh, elect politicians that want to rid this country of illegal aliens, why we look to defeat politicians who wish to promote illegal aliens and policies that that promote them, you know, coming in sanctuary cities. That's the whole heart of why we do this, because, again, it displaces legal American employment. Here's the thing. When you look at the two groups, the illegal aliens and the Americans, the Americans who don't have employment, you could be getting 100 percent of the taxes that those Americans pay. Okay, and likely that's going to be taxed on wages that are significantly higher, because here's here's another fact for you, just in case you didn't miss it or just in case you didn't think about it, when these illegal aliens come into the United States, if a job is paying, we'll just say $25 an hour, if they are not a highly skilled immigrant, well, if they're highly skilled, most likely they're going to be here legally, but then you do have the ones that come here legally, and then they do overstay visas, and then, then in that case, they would be illegal. But let's just let's just assume that this is an illegal alien who is not highly skilled, 
they may be occupying a job where an American would, you know, the market would say, hey, this person should be making $25 an hour, but merely because they're here illegally, they're making $10 an hour. They're making $9 an hour when they very well could be making $25 an hour. So again, not only are you missing out 100% of the taxes from those Americans that could be in those jobs, the taxes that you would be getting would be at substantially higher rates. The the, the tax, the actual number, the, the actual amount of taxes you would be getting would be higher than if you just said, well, let's just, you know, get it from the illegals, Okay. So as a result of that, what ends up happening, guys, here's a fact for you. Illegal aliens impose a $30 billion annual cost in lost tax revenue. Okay, so think about that, okay? The taxes that are lost to them simply being here and occupying uh, legal American employment is three times the taxes that are gained proving a net loss in the taxes from illegals. So again, remember how I told you, we have to be very technical when we talk about this issue. So if we're being technical, yes, they are paying taxes, but let's be even more technical. Let's talk about another fact. In the bigger picture, it's still a financial loss. It's still a financial liability. It is still an expense. It's still not an income to this country. Am I on a roll? Have, have I given y'all enough facts? Well, just in case I haven't, I've got some more facts for you. Let's talk about the facts regarding ICE detainer requests. And if you don't know who ICE is, it is Immigration and Customs Enforcement, all right? So here's a fact regarding those detainer requests. If people applied for asylum in the beginning, if they did things in a manner that was in compliance with the rules and regulations, there would be no problems. There would be no need for detainers. There would be no need for these requests. That's a fact. In so many other issues, we want to talk about, well, personal responsibility and they should know. And, you know, uh, yeah, you know, uh, Tyrone went to go steal food for his baby because he couldn't get a job because, you know, hypothetically speaking, there's systematic racism and that's another debate for another day. But let's just go with that. And just That's why Tyrone stole for his, but Tyrone has to be held accountable. Tyrone has to, hey, yeah, he, you know, if, if he would have just followed the rules, he, you know, would have. He, he, he wouldn't be have, having a warrant for his arrest, okay? Flat out, if they follow the rules, if they are in compliance with asylum procedures, whether or not you think those procedures are effective, efficient, or right, you're a politician and you have the, the power to make change. What you shouldn't be doing, what's, what's irresponsible is when a, a politician, rather than making use of the position that they hold and, and their potential to impact and enforce change, it's dangerous when they sit up there and they just try to stir, stir a, 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 an environment of, of, of hostility, an environment that is not conducive to people following the rules, following the laws, laws that they're in a position to impact. That's a fact. Shall we talk about more facts? Let's talk about the fact of, you know, some people saying, well, you know, they're not doing violent crimes, so we shouldn't be pursuing them. Again, let's talk about facts, okay? 
What really matters, what's really at the heart of the issue here is, is the fact that the United States has sovereign rights as a country, okay? And it is a fact that this country can regulate who is here in this country. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is that when people come here and they come in a manner that's not consistent with the, with the laws, rules, and regulations of this country, the sovereignty of this country is being undermined and disrespected. That's a fact. There's blatant disrespect for the laws of our land. That's a fact. This needs to be confronted. That's a fact. We cannot accept that. This is a fact. Want to talk about another fact? Let's talk about this. Oh, you know, well, if they apply for asylum, there's a risk for deportation. I've got one more fact for you, Carlos, Representative Smith. Asylum, this is a fact. So hear me out. Asylum is not guaranteed. That is a fact, okay? If you come with a convincing and a valid asylum claim, you may be granted asylum. That is a fact. Like I said, asylum is not guaranteed. That is a fact. The problem is that when most of these people don't have valid claims, okay, it's not that people are just denying them asylum for no reason. They just don't have valid claims. That is a fact. If you fail a driver's test, it's not because the test administrator just wanted to fail you, uh, but hello, it's a fact that you failed either the written or the driver's exam. That is a fact. Have you had enough facts, Representative Carlos? Representative Carlos Smith, do you want more facts? So why did I go through any of this? Why did we talk about federal immigration enforcement today uh, in this episode of all the episodes we've ever done? Y'all, we need more legislation like Florida Senate Bill 168. We need it across the country. And the reason is because the legislation, it protects individuals, it protects families, it protects communities, and it does this by allowing law enforcement agencies to transport these aliens who were unlawfully present in the United States something that they don't have they haven't had the capacity to do it also at just an even larger level when you look at our country as a whole it supports our country by calling for compliance with federal law something that not just in the state of Florida but across this country is a pretty contentious issue you know it, it imposes stiff penalties on cities that declare themselves sanctuary cities. It says, no, we're not having that. It says, we're going to stand for immigration enforcement. We are going to comply with federal law. And you need to be looking to elect politicians who want the same for your state, who want the same for our country at large. Anything less is almost treasonous. Mm -hmm.